So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies-to-lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on but when it's like oh we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening it's like very different (laughs) and there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves greek gods and goddesses regency era historical fiction for you sam and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure new content is released every week so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again you can always find something new to explore dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction for listeners of the show dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash just break up. Dipsy stories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like rebuilding relationships, releasing ourselves from our past, and forgiving ourselves. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. (laughs) (laughs) But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. We are not professionals we are not trained in this we are not certified we are not qualified mm-hmm. yep. we are just two humans talking about love and stuff and like so many other things besides love too that we are like not equipped to talk about no not at all <laughs> uh this is all to say please take our advice as you see fit we are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love Why are your eyes watering? Because I just yawned. Oh. Yeah. Welcome to episode 63, (laughs) Sam. Do your eyes not water when you yawn? No. They water when I cry. Oh. Yeah, I mean, mine water when I cry, too. Yeah, that was a joke. (laughs) Um, I just thought you were, like, so emotional about getting to episode 63. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've been waiting for this day for my whole life. In your journal... When you were like 10, you were like, I can't wait to start a podcast and make it to episode 63. (laughs) Exactly. With my queer best friend who I haven't met yet. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I can show you the the page if you really want to. I would. I do really want that. (laughs) All right. What's our check-in topic for today? Uh, Our check-in topic comes from a letter writer. Uh, Can I get a date is their name. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a date? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What's the Uh, last name on that? Can I is the first name and get a date is the get last name. Get a date. Name. Yeah, get a date. What if it's Jedded? You know, like how would you how else do you pronounce Je- it? Jedadate. <laughs> Can Jedadati. I? <laughs> Can he Jedadati writes? 
we're tired. Good thing we think we're funny. We were drinking last night. <laughs> we, yes. We're very tired. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it was great. There were drinks. What does Canny say? <laughs> Canny did a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't know. But it really is. Uh, okay. Uh, Canny writes, thought this might be a good check-in topic. Any suggestions on how to best write a dating profile? I'm getting back into the dating scene, and while I've done online dating in the past, as I hit my mid-30s, eek, it feels like utter bullshit to write the same crap like I love movies and travel and wine tasting, pretending my wine tasting isn't cheap $10 bottle or less. (laughs) Is it too forward or too jaded to ask to say what I really want, that I like to drink, admittedly sometimes too much, but I'm not an alcoholic, I just like to have a good time, I don't want babies, I take care of myself and want a partner who can count on who I can count on to tell it like it is, spend time with me while we still have our own separate lives and space too. I love this letter. (laughs) Yeah. I have always secretly wanted to offer like profile, dating profile building for like a Patreon bonus. Like you give us 25 bucks and we write your profile for you or something. (laughs) As if either of us like has any skill in that whatsoever. Well, I am actually a writer. (laughs) What? I had no idea. Backtrack. <laughs> um, uh, I think I'm good at it. Yeah, I mean, I think, but there's like a difference between like writing poetry and like writing a good no. profile. Is there? Is <laughs> yes. there? You're trying to get your point across in very few, in, in succinct words. Uh-huh. Sure. And you want to be like, you know, charming. Yeah. You want to move people to tears? <laughs> you want to get them like to snap you. at you? <laughs> yeah, or yawn, apparently, if you're at Sam. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah. How, what writing advice do you have for profiles? Let's just go back to, you know, I let's wish volley. I could, like, sign back into OkCupid and see what my profile looks like. What do you think it was? I know what mine was. Uh, I'm sure it was, like, snarky, as usual. <laughs> My cat's name is Todd. Yeah. And I probably don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Exactly. That seems 100% accurate. I I should um, ask Peter what it said. If if you guys follow me, my personal account on Instagram, my dating profiles often looked like my social media profile things. Like I, I always list things in three. I'll say like, you know, poet, intersectional feminist, dog mom. Or something mm-hmm. yep. charming like yep. that. And so yours would be like, hater. <laughs> <laughs> Glitter. Really, really coming for me in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, Sparkle sti- I'm still not over the egg comment. <laughs> oh my God, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, okay, so that's tip number one. Write in threes. Write in threes, but also be succinct and... Um, uh, don't be afraid to just list things like drinker. <laughs> well, I'm answering Candy's letter uh-huh. here. Yeah, yeah. You can say, um, well, no, I'll, I'll zoom away from Candy's letter. Um, uh, I, I like to be direct and succinct and think about like, what are the five words that describe you? Not adjectives, mm-hmm. but like, um, or, or more like actions or things that you like, like I'm a rock climber. Painter, um, popcorn eater, feminist. Yeah. Um, popcorn eater. I don't know. I'm just thinking like <laughs> tattooed. I, I think I used to put tattooed on mine because 
Um, I am heavily tattooed, but I don't look it in certain pictures. Yeah. And I think that can be a deal breaker for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that's my rule of thumb is I'd always do three statements. And then if I had something else to add, and this is specific to Candy's letter, I would say um, new to the area, looking for a, a genuine connection or mm-hmm. like uh, looking for something real. Yeah. You know, I, I, I there came a point in my online dating that I just like you, Candy, um, I love this. <laughs> just like you, I just didn't I had no interest in in shitty casual dating. For sure. Like I wanted some, I wanted to put myself out there and like date people and see what was there, but I wanted to find something real. That was the goal. Yeah. You know. This is also when I hit my 30s and I was like fuck all of this. <laughs> you know. Uh yeah, no I get that. And I uh I think it's totally normal and like cool to be like looking for something. Like what are you actually looking for? Yeah. Right, cuz then it like gives people the idea of instead of like hitting you up to just have casual sex, which yeah. is like so much of online dating profiles. Yeah. But, no shame. Uh, no, I mean, absolutely. What would you it's say? It's an effective tool to getting yeah. that sex. You yeah. know what I mean? Getting that sex, he says. Uh. Sam Blackwell. Weaver of words. That's right. Yes. I, too, am a writer. <laughs> what? Uh, this is a great question. I, I want to eventually answer Kenny's specific questions about, like, how do you navigate, like, babies on a fucking Tinder profile? Yep. But I just for fun, what would your dating profile? Let's, let's say what? our dating profiles would say right now if we were magically out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like mine would be like podcast host. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Russia enthusiast, maybe. That's cute and charming. Yeah. Sam loves Russia. I love Russia. I'll explain it later. <laughs> uh, and... Semi-consistent runner. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. I yeah. love that. See, you did then, the thing of threes. Yeah, no, I'm, it's charming, I'm trying to right? follow your thing. <laughs> it's charming, right? And then um, what What would be your statements? You know, like, what would be your here for something real or whatever? Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, because you just wouldn't be looking for that or like. Yeah. I mean, when I did, when I was on dating profiles, I was like down for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. DTW. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, like, in your life, would, well, just pretending you magically weren't married. Yeah. And right now in your 30s, would you be, like, down for whatever? <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> I would be, like, it would probably be something, like, hit me up if you want to go on a date. A date. Or, like, a real date or something. Yeah, cute. Yeah. That's yeah. cute. Or I would also, like, sometimes do, like, hit me up with your, like, favorite book or, like, hit me up with your oh, that's a favorite great one. podcast or, like, the oh next podcast God. I should be listening to. That is to. such a good note. Because then it's like, actually starts a conversation without just being, like, hey. And then it could, you can also, like, call out the people who are just there to say hey and, like, who actually read your profile and yeah. is, like, interested. Yes. Oh, my God. Such a great tip. Okay. So mine would be, if I was not in a relationship, I would say, like, writer- feminist dog mom and i put feminist in there not because i'm a proud feminist i am one but because it weeds out people who don't want to date feminists for sure um because i don't want to deal with that who has time for that (laughs) um so i put uh that's another thing to know in your dating profile put the put those keywords that you know will attract the people that you want and and unattract like anti 
yeah. attract yep. Yep. people that you don't want. So, um, like for I think um, for one summer I had like Black Lives Matter in my dating mm-hmm. profile because I felt like that was like a very important line for me. Yeah. Um, okay. So right now I'd say like writer, feminist, dog mom. Um, send me a picture of your animals. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a you're asking for dick pics. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, uh, and then I would say in in I would I would probably feel similarly to um Canny, and I would probably say um uh interested um. Maybe like here for fun dates, but ultimately interested in something long term. Hmm, yeah. Just that phrase. Because it's true. I'm here for some fun dates or here to pe- meet people, but ultimately looking for something long term. For sure. I'm for sure okay with saying something blunt like that. Yeah. Because why waste your time? Exactly. And what and do you have to apologize for? I wouldn't, I would hesitate to write something like that because I would feel like I was, I don't know, fucking, uh, causing a problem for people I don't even know, yeah. you know, like inconveniencing <laughs> people that I don't even have any social obligation to. Right. But those people aren't actually interested in dating you. So like, what does it yeah. matter? <laughs> yeah. So I'm all about being honest. The question would be about babies. That seems like a thing that would be a little bit weird to put on a profile. But but is it weird because it has it doesn't happen very often or is it weird because it's incorrect? Like I I wish there was more transparency on dating profiles. Yeah. Like I wouldn't mind if somebody said they or like you know what I always hated is that I would find a cutie um oftentimes women or non-binary people so call out to um those folks mm-hmm. uh who were in relationships in open relationships, but they wouldn't state that on their profile. Mm. And then I would like get in conversations with them and then find out via their Instagram pictures <laughs> that they were like dating somebody else. And I have no problem with people in open relationships. Yeah. But it's nice to know going forward. Yeah. So just say I'm in an open relationship, you know, like that's, that's, that's the type of transparency we're looking for. And I don't think Candy would be out of line to say, Interested in a real uh, a relationship, n- not interested in having babies. Or yeah. like, um, no, like, if this is a pass for you, have a great day. I don't know, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you're dancing around for the first six months of dating anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think it should be something that you, if this is a, a line in the sand for you, like, be open and honest about it, like, up front. Yeah. It just feels like a weird thing to put a potentially off-putting thing to put on a dating yeah profile. i i feel you i just think that in so much of er, in dating especially in the early stages we tiptoe mm-hmm. out of fear of like i don't know being undesirable to somebody who d- we don't actually desire in the first place yeah but i also like it is a fine line of like there might be someone who also doesn't want to have babies but is put off by the like the adamancy of you putting it yeah. on your profile. But then but then are they meant for you? They could be. I know. I, I, I feel conflicted because it's like I want to reward transparency. I do too, but I also think like there's a difference between being transparent and being like aggressive or like adamant. I totally agree. I, I totally know where you're coming from. I think I'm just like 
I'm I'm pushing myself to question like why is that scene why is that scene as pushy when when she's just stating like it it would be like oh you know what another great one is mm-hmm. is what I've seen in profiles that say like um uh like prefers someone who believes in God. Mm-hmm. And that and that seems so it the the tra- the forwardness of it seems off-putting. Yeah. I'm like, "What? Really you're not going to like date somebody who doesn't believe in God or, or something like that?" Or vice versa, you know, somebody other people have written like, well, "Didn't we get a letter from someone last year that was like uh in the profile I wrote in my profile I wrote not into um super Jesus see people or something like that. And then she ended up like meeting up with him and then he read her, and hooking up and then he read her profile after oh, they yeah, hooked yeah. up. Do you mm-hmm. remember that story? Yep. I feel like that person like kind of put it out there appropriately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then fell in love with a dude who loved Jesus. So no, like, they, <laughs> like they, maybe not exactly the example we should be using. I guess I guess we should encourage transparency verbally. Yeah. In addition to some transparency according to your own preferences and boundaries in your profile. For sure. And I think like being really upfront on the first date and being like, just so you know, like I'm not interested in like having children. Yeah. Is like a great thing to do. But like dating profiles are also, they're like advertising campaigns, right? Like you don't need to put everything out there, but you should be clear when you are interacting with people about what you want and be clear in asking for it. I totally agree because I'm thinking right now, like, there's a cute little campaign, like, advertising campaign to Mm -hmm. get somebody to go on a date with you. And then it's okay to get to know people, and then you have to stick to your your boundaries, right? If they're like, oh, wow, that's a bummer. I really wanted to have seven kids. Don't just keep dating them because they... are nice <laughs> like you are misaligned you're not you're not uh yeah. compatible yeah so it's sure. about committing to those things not yeah, just too. being transparent about yeah. them and i'm sure you could find a cute way to say like not interested in babies and put it on your profile if it, that is something that is like yeah is that you are very passionate about and is like a deal breaker for you what are some pet peeves that you see in dating profiles uh men holding fish <laughs> oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm laughing because that's so specific, but I'm also laughing because I literally just flashed through a thousand images yes, that I've exactly. seen on Tinder. Men holding fish. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, if you have a Tinder profile and you are holding a fish in it, I apologize to you. I'm he sure doesn't you're a great apologize. person. He doesn't apologize at all. It's just your pet peeve. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You're not meant for me. Yeah. Wow. I Another pet peeve is what you were saying, like the hey. Yeah. Hi. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right, just hey. Hey. Yep. Hey is for horses. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what that's that what you from? Say? Yeah. <laughs> no. They what say it? it. They say it in a movie that I don't remember. Oh, great. That I watched in childhood and now think of every time somebody says hey. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, anything else? Uh, I would always be like, uh. I always didn't like it when people would be like, don't talk to me if you haven't, like, seen this movie or, like, read this book. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I tend to like OkCupid better because it allows you to develop, like, a bigger profile. Yeah. But then it's also very, like, limiting because they're like, what are your favorite books? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I've, like, read hundreds of books. Like, here's a favorite. And I don't want to be limited to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, no one is saying, like, you have to be. 
I know. It's just so stressful. <laughs> um, And then, oh, oh, oh. Last big tip about your dating profile. Be brave enough to let your friends look at it and rearrange your photos. Yeah. And to pick sure. your photos. Yep. Because we don't know what photos make us look the most attractive. Absolutely. And also let them read your profile and like. Edit like, it. Yep. 100%. You should probably talk about this part of your personality. I love doing that. Yeah. I love doing that. And I also, I love what photos people think are attractive versus what photo, like what they're drawn to, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just interesting. And I think getting an outsider's perspective, like a fun, safe friend to look at your profile, let them know, have them tell you what they think and then have them pick the photos for you and order them. It's so fun. Yeah. And it, it gives you a better outsider perspective. Absolutely. Than your own, like, you know, also have a picture of your face in your profile. Oh, yeah, please. But no headless torsos. Yes. <laughs> not not because like everybody, not because dating has to be superficial, but because um, you are just going to connect with more people with your face on a profile. For sure. Like you come off way less sketchy. Yeah. Period. I've talked to so many headless torsos in my life. Wow. Yeah. How are they surviving? They're great. They don't have heads, but they're they're really going forward. We should have saved this for the Halloween episode. <laughs> anyway, um, that's our advice on putting together a dating profile. You want to get into our letters? Let's do it. All right. Our first letter is from Megan S., who is writing to us from Tennessee. Megan writes, Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm writing today with a few questions. The backstory. I just ended a long-term relationship with my nesting partner. Time out. Have you heard that phrase before? I haven't. Me neither. I wonder what it means. I'm going to Google it. Thank you. All right. We were together for three years, lived together for over two, and practiced non-monogamy the whole time. Unlike every other breakup in my life, this one was largely undramatic. We love and respect each other so much, but it just wasn't sustainable anymore. When we met, we were both carrying the weight of our childhood traumas, and during our time together, my mom lost her battle with addiction. He lost a step in his career that was weighty in our relationship. I had a major surgery and wasn't working at the time. I went to school, changed my career altogether. We went to therapy as individuals and as a couple for over a year. Truly, we did everything we could to love each other in behaviors the way we knew we loved each other in our hearts. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. To love each other in behaviors the way we love each other in our hearts. So good. Love the accountability. Anyway, at the end of the day, though, our relationship needed to die. It was deeply codependent. There was resentment, and our friendship was the only part that felt alive and flourishing. So I've moved out, living on my own for the first time ever. We've done all of the decoupling things, and we're working to still be with our friends as individuals until we are ready to be in the same space and not hurt so much. Recently, we had coffee, and it was truly lovely. We spoke about the things that just weren't working. We expressed gratitude for each other and our growth in the relationship and out of it. We laughed, and we connected, and it was great. We both expressed that we wanted to be in each other's lives, potentially romantically, but we refused to be in the same relationship we had built during our time living together. Overall, the relationship was a success until it wasn't, and we did the right thing to end it there. But I love and admire him deeply, even still. Which brings me to my questions. Is it possible to build a new type of relationship with someone that you've had a relationship with before? Could we eventually find ourselves dating with less dependencies? And how do I navigate the in-between state with honesty and a drive to prove my independence to myself? I feel like the narrative that our relationship built was that I needed to be taken care of, that I was a victim of life's circumstance. 
I want to be empowered and I'm doing everything I know to get myself there, even though it's really tough. Even exclusive from my ex, what are some practical tips for reducing the amount of codependency with within the bonds that you're forming? I believe I'm worthy of love. I believe I'm a stand-up partner, and I believe I'm capable of giving good love. Looking at all my previous relationships, those, I've lost my power. I've victimized myself in some ways, and I truly cannot do that to myself anymore. How do I not give myself up in love and empower my partner to do the same? Thank you for considering my multiple questions and for always on, and as always for your time, energy, and infinite wisdoms. Thank you so much for writing, Megan. I love this letter. I am sorry for the loss of your relationship, but it sounds like you just have the most healthy understanding of it. I even love that she writes, our relationship needed to die because <laughs> yeah. sometimes things just need to need to end. Mm-hmm. And to to be able to see that, to recognize how much you need to like let things go will lead to greater healing, I think. Absolutely. Right? So let's get to the first question. Sam, do you think that relationships that once were, that ended, do you think they can be rebuilt differently? Yes, I do. Really? Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Uh, I mean, I think that they can, but it takes intention and it takes um, time. And it it also takes having really difficult conversations about the things that went wrong in the first relationship and an accountability of, uh, you know, how those things happened and why they're not going to happen again in the future. Yeah. And I would add to that list. Something I think is really important is it, it happens through slow labor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Slow, intentional conversations, intentional choices. When you start leaning into that comfort of the codependency, yep. then you have to stop, 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 drop and roll or whatever. Mm-hmm. Think about what we're doing and how can we restructure this? It takes yeah. a lot of intention. It does because like you're, you're going to fall back into the habits that you had in the relationship unless you are intentionally trying to break them, right? Like yeah. it's easy to fall back into codependency because that's what you is most familiar to you. That's what you're used to doing. Um, and it's the same way, like when you always sit on the same chair, like it's easy to fall back into that chair. Yeah. Uh, as a, even if you're trying to do something different. Yeah. So like it can't, it has to be slow. It has to be methodical and it has to involve intention in the same way that you would break a bad habit like smoking or like yep. chewing your nails, right? It's, and like it's a constant choice every for day. Sure. Yeah. So and you, like, you can't just get into the relationship and be like, okay, it's gonna work out. Yeah, right. <laughs> it has to be every day you wake up and you are committed to a new relationship. Yep, absolutely. Um, I wanna add one more thing to the list too, which is the caveat that I believe a hundred percent in my heart about rebuilding differently is that you have to forgive and let go of all past grievances mm. you i mean you just have to say i forgive you for the ways that you hurt me mm-hmm. and i will no longer hold that against you and therefore no longer act out against that past grievances mm-hmm. do you know what i mean because like if you if if one of the things was um, I can speak from my own experience. Uh, my longest, most significant relationship. Um, I was very similarly. I had problems with independence. I was very codependent, and I felt like my life. I was a victim to my life and a victim to myself and my. Um, uh, I don't know. I just didn't have my shit together, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I depended very much on my partner. And we noticed a couple years into the relationship that we. 
that there were some unhealthy balances mm-hmm. in that in that department where I was relying too much on him and he was over providing for me because he just assumed that I would be a hot mess. I couldn't take care of myself, <laughs> which was not a bad assumption. It was not a bad assumption. <laughs> <laughs> Those um, were fun years. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Uh, when we were when we started recognizing acknowledging that also when we started acknowledging that that was the turn in our relationship i think mm. um but in towards towards dying essentially oh yeah um because we couldn't get out of those we couldn't move on from those habits yeah. yeah um that is not the reason why we ended but that was a huge re- a huge part of it um and so from my experience i would be really easily triggered by my ex um, ass- not trusting me to mm-hmm. have my shit together. Yeah. Um, and he would be really triggered by me asking for help. Hmm. And because we were, and our reactions were from pain. Yep. Like where I felt ashamed. I felt like he was, I was something that he was ashamed of, mm-hmm. that I couldn't be trusted, that like I just didn't feel like he respected me as an adult. And he felt like I didn't take it, I took it, advantage of him or that I didn't um, appreciate him or that he would always have to be overperforming to take care of me. Right. And I truly like, maybe we could have worked it out if there weren't other issues, but it was very apparent to me, Megan, that when we were trying to restructure our relationship or, or kind of like, I don't know, rebuild differently. Like you're asking, we kept getting stuck on our hurt. And so the, a big thing for me is this, this is possible, but you have to let go of past hurt. You yeah. cannot hold any of the past against each other. That's true. But that also, like, it's not just about the act of forgiveness. It's also about the accountability, too. Yes. So, like, it's also being, like, owning up. It's not a clean up. slate. Right. It's about, like, also owning up to the shit that you did in the past and right. the ways in which that shit hurt the other person. Right. And saying, like... I recognize this. I apologize. I know that this caused you hurt. And in the future, I'm going to be working to not do that anymore. Right. right. Uh, because otherwise, like, you can forgive and forgive and forgive. But if the behavior's not changing, then it's not actually going to improve the relationship. I agree. And and maybe the caveat or like the addendum I should add to that statement is letting go of hurt, really settling that hurt, you know, like putting it behind you can be take a lot of time mm-hmm. and it and it sometimes a lot it takes action like i need to see i my wound needs to be healed by your reparation mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um whether that's right or not so i the the addendum i'll make to that statement is maybe you you guys go back into this relationship with past hurt or or past whatever that you still need to heal from but that needs to be the goal you need to you need to not act out of reaction mm-hmm. yeah. from past triggers or whatever yeah. yeah you have to get to a place where you can do that right, right. which is easy to say and very difficult to do <laughs> yeah uh i i want to believe in people's capacity to be intentional mm-hmm. i really do and that's why I think I'm going to vote like, yes, you can do this, like vote in favor of this potential future. Sure. But I also know that sometimes it's really hard to grow in the same scenery. Yeah. Even if that scenery is trying to change, too. Yeah, for sure. I think that speaking of that past relationship, like we were incompatible for a handful of reasons that I'm sure I've spoken out about before. But I wanted so badly for us to be right 
but I, I'm not sure if we could have gotten right with mm. each other. Mm-hmm. I just, that's a sad truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about preventing codependency mm-hmm. or building independence. Yeah. Will you talk about your year? There's like a whole. Yeah. <laughs> There's like books about that. <laughs> yeah, there are. Codependent no more. No more is one. There you go. Yep. Um, I, talk a little bit about your time as a single person. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, building independence, I think, is something that you can do in relationship. But mm-hmm. for me, uh, building independence came when I was single and lived by myself um, and realized that I am worthy and deserving of the care and time and importance that I put on other people and that I can turn that all inward. So I can make myself good dinners. I can bake myself cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, I can make the bed every day for mm, myself and totally. not for someone else. Um, and that really taught me like these acts of self-care that I'm so willing to do for others can be done to myself to make myself feel better and to make myself a better person and to equip myself to be able to move through this world as an independent person, right? Like I talked a couple weeks ago about like forever alone and yeah. that hashtag that my friend and I were using. Yeah. But like by teaching myself that I am okay on my own, that I'm a whole person that I can adequately take care of myself, that I can find ways to get my needs filled by the people around me who love me in a non-romantic right. way, um, taught me that like I can exist apart from other people and be good, be happy, right. be healthy, be whole, uh, which then when you get into a relationship, it's easier to say, like, I don't have to give too much of myself because I know that however much I am able to give is enough. Yeah. Right. And in even if this relationship doesn't work, it's not a reflection of who I am as a person. And I can maintain and live and be happy and healthy and whole without this relationship. Yeah. Which sounds really cynical. But, like, I think it is important to know that. It's not cynical. It's strong. Right? It's important to know that going into a relationship because then you're not your success or, like, your value as a person isn't defined by that relationship. Right. And that makes it easier to actually be in relationship. It makes it easier to actually, like, be fully present in a relationship because you can talk about things that are hurting you. You can talk about things that are that you need from the other person without being like, well, if I ask for too much, then they're going to leave me and then I will be alone and alone is sad and awful and a mark of me as a horrible human being. Right. Totally. And I want to jump on that, like the way we think about ourselves for a second. Yeah. Um, Because I relate to Megan in that I feel like I was that hot mess that gave up my power that couldn't, you know, like who would become overdependent, even though I'm a very capable person, I would lean on my partners, you know, Um, and I want you to take everything Sam said to her and apply it as you can to your life. And I also want you to know that leaning on people, it does not make you a weak person. No, it doesn't. You're, you are you use the word victimize myself in some ways. And while I understand the choice of that word, something really profound for me that I've realized over the past couple of years is that I was just doing the best that I could. And tomorrow I'm going to try harder. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not a perfect person. I need other people. We all need other people at some time in our lives. And, you know, just because we find 
um, support or love or purpose in other people sometimes doesn't mean that we are abandoning ourselves. We just have to find the balance that is healthy and sustainable. Absolutely. And that's that was a very hard lesson for me to learn, too, (laughs) in terms of like it's not weakness or it's not somehow diminishing my independence by asking for help from other people. Totally. I thought I had to I I thought I had to be like a boss ass bitch who who everything was perfect and done in order to prove to myself that I was no longer that hot mess. Yep. I I set myself up really hard or for for I set myself up for impossible mm-hmm. standards yep. to try to prove to myself that I had grown past the hot mess codependent person I was in my youth. For sure. And then I realized, like, that person in my youth was just doing her best. Yeah. And now I'm doing my best now, which seems a little bit more well-rounded mm-hmm. and um, more sustainable because of my experience and knowledge that I've gleaned over the past couple of years. Absolutely. You have more resources and tools right. in your tool belt. So, Megan, um, can you rebuild with this person? Absolutely. It's going to take a ton of intention. And more importantly, the rebuilding of yourself is going to take that intention. Mm. Be easy on yourself. Hold yourself accountable. Um Remember, you're doing the best that you can, and Sam and I believe in you. Absolutely. We love you. Thanks for writing. Thank you for writing. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar 
brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. Also, I found out that uh, nesting partner is a term that folks in poly relationships use uh, for live-in partners. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I really want to have somebody on the podcast who can talk about being polyamorous because yeah, you and I have no experience with that. Yeah. And um, I just think that it would be great to have somebody who did. <laughs> have experience. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Nesting partner. Now I know. We learn something new every day, people. <laughs> every day. All right. Our next letter comes from Anonymous, who is writing from Nevada. Hi, Sierra and Sam. My friend recommended your podcast after a recent breakup, and I found it so helpful in facing my feelings head on for the first time in my life. I've struggled with depression for as long as I can remember. I spent my adolescence in a bubble of fear, so shy I could hardly exist outside of my own mind. My early 20s were spent in a haze of alcohol-induced bliss to numb the fear and using casual sex to feel desired and worthy. There's a lot of years that some days I wish I could take back, but I also know that working through them have pushed me to the the person that I am today, so it's hard to imagine who I'd be without them. With the need to please others more than be sensible, I unfortunately ended up unknowingly and uh, contracting herpes from a partner whose name and face I've ashamedly long forgotten. The stigma of this very permanent reminder of who I used to be and have worked hard to overcome haunts me. It makes dating and trusting someone with my painful truth, a carefully guarded secret, very difficult. I've been fortunate with some men who are very understanding and could care less, and of course hurt by those who judged me harshly, ghosted, and never looked back. The hardest is is post my recent breakup. He ended up being very controlling, and whenever angry, would use this very painful thing I am so insecure about against me as a weapon, calling me a slut and a whore, reminding me that I'm unclean, his painful words still ring in my ears. During the breakup, he threatened to share my shameful secret, and whether he did or not, I don't want to know. I'm lucky to have an amazing su- support group of friends, but I don't share this truth about me with them, so there's no one I can turn to. It's something I carry as a badge of dishonor, a scarlet letter on my chest that I praise no one see glaring from my chest. Post-breakup, I'm scared to get back into dating more than ever, after having this used against me so excruciatingly by someone who supposedly loved me and I was supposed to be able to trust. I intellectually know not everyone will be this way, but my head and heart are at odds with this, making me petrified to open up to someone again with my painful truth. How do I let go of this and try to be able to try again? Thanks for writing, Anonymous. Um, 
I'm so sorry that you are in the situation with this person who used this thing as a weapon against you. Yeah. This letter makes me angry. It really makes me very mad. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, 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 I think we chose it specifically um, because I don't think we've talked a lot about post breakup threats mm, or yeah. the or the toxic threats can that can happen in um, messy untangling relationships. Yep. Uh, and I just want to start by saying, um, people who threaten to use personal information against you, people who threaten to leak your leak your nudes, mm-hmm. or um, who share intimate details about your life with other people, um, those people are toxic. Those people are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, those people are just so fucking offensive to me. Mm-hmm. I, I. It makes my skin crawl. Yeah. And men, I'm looking at you here. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. I feel it. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm like toxicity sees no boundaries. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it can, it can it can come from any, and abuse can come from any gender, any gender identity. But I think this is so often wrapped up in toxic masculinity For sure, yeah. and not understanding that there is a way to process hurt outside of violence and anger. Mm-hmm. And it just makes my fucking skin crawl. Yeah. Um, so anonymous, I'm so, so, so sorry that the person that you shared love and intimacy with um, has betrayed your trust and yep. has threatened you with this act of personal violence. Absolutely. Because that's what it would be, right? Like that's... Um, it's the same thing as like revenge porn when people like post your nudes or for sure. Yep. It's just so fucking disgusting. And ugh, we work a lot on this podcast to do like, like to understand the people who hurt us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'm like low on my empathy today, <laughs> but like my understanding is, is that you're a very small toxic man to threaten something like that. Absolutely. Um, ugh. God, I hate it. Yeah. I mean, yes. Tell me. Help no, me. I mean, Redirect like, me. No, I'm I'm with you that like this behavior is absolutely unacceptable and it's disgusting. But like people who are losing someone or who are going through a breakup often do things out of hurt that they might regret. But it is a product of not being able to process that hurt in a way that doesn't hurt other people. And it's also a product of our weird Puritan sexual sexuality um, our, as a culture yeah. um, that we view sex as simultaneously uh, this uh, ju- like sexy, exciting um, thing that everybody wants to have and have lots of. Mm-hmm. But if you have a lot of it, then it or, or like we see it as something awesome yep and also horrible yeah and so therefore you can be a woman or a person who has sex and you are you are desirable accessible enjoyable and you're and we can also penalize you for that pleasure for sure um i don't know if that makes sense but yeah um the fact that he would call her the fact that he would call you um dirty or unclean or whatever he said yep Anonymous um, is so fucking hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you're not dirty. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's just, it's wrong. Like, it's factually wrong. Right. Like, there are there are not clean people and there are not unclean people. Right. There are just people. And people 
have sex and people get STIs and people do all sorts of other things that then linger within, like in their past, right? Right. But you are not an unclean person. Right. And this STI is no more disgusting than any other infection that someone might come across or might have, right? Like just because you protracted it during sex doesn't mean that it's somehow more disgusting or more unclean than anything else. Like, yeah, I I think that's what is so frustrating for me about this letter is not only did this man do this awful thing by using this thing that you're ashamed about against you, but also that he used this thing that shouldn't be shameful against you. Like, that's what is making me so mad about this is like, not only is he hurting you, but he is also hurting so many other people. It's just small. I think it's <laughs> pathetic. I think it's pathetic. Um, and and Anonymous, I feel for you. Uh, something else I want to say is like, one, having an SDI um, is not an uncommon experience. Yes. Uh, it's incredibly common. Yep. Um, I, I feel for you, and I'm sorry that you don't feel safe enough to tell your girlfriends about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am... There is a good chance that one of them also has had an STD and or S- or an SDI in their experience. Yep. Um, if, and if not, somebody you know has. Mm-hmm. I, I want to just say that because I the stigma th- makes us feel like um, people with SDIs are the outliers yep. of society when it's way more common than we than we think. And it's just a it is a normal human experience. The way that we contract one virus is is it's it's how we contract another one. Yep. Um, it's just it's just part of the human experience. And we do feel for you and we are sorry that you feel so ashamed and you're yep. so triggered by his hurtful, hurtful, pathetic words. Yep. Um, but you do not deserve to feel any of this way. You're not broken. You're not dirty. Yep. Um, you're nothing to be ashamed of. And the point that I was going to make 37 seconds ago <laughs> was, is that your experience in your 20s while you might carry hurt over it, mm-hmm. it's nothing to be ashamed of. No. So many people exper- not not only experiment socially, sexually um, with other people, but so many people use sex and desire as almost a, su- a substance yeah. um, and uh, use sex and desire as a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. They use that as a numbing agent. And so many people use sex in this way and don't realize it until years later. Oh, for sure, yeah. So, Anonymous, please do not hold yourself accountable for literally doing the best that you could in that moment. Yep. You, you were coping with pain Mm -hmm. you were coping with experience you were coping because you did not feel enough if you weren't desired Mm -hmm. and so you were looking to feel better and isn't that the most basic foundational idea of survival yep trying to feel better yep it's okay that you did that i forgive you Mm -hmm. for you didn't and but you don't need my forgiveness right right? you should forgive yourself um because you were just doing the best that you could absolutely and it I'm not trying to devalue the hurt that you might feel, but I am trying to dethrone it. I'm trying to I'm trying to take the importance away from it. Mm-hmm. You do deserve to heal from the pain that you feel looking back on that time. Yep. But more importantly, I just don't want you to carry it with such weight. Absolutely. And I think that's um that's easier said than done, but but 
what I got, what the emotion that I felt most out of the letter, besides rage at this person that did right. this thing to you, was just a, a so much empathy and so much um, just sadness that that you are carrying around all of this right. shame and embarrassment about things that you did in your past that you have no control over now, right? And I think, um, I think that you have the capacity in you to forgive yourself for what you did in your 20s, to recognize that the things that you did in your 20s weren't actually bad. Right. <laughs> uh, and to realize that the, those things don't define you. Those things don't decide whether or not you're a good person. Uh, and this, this um, STI that you are now carrying around with you is not a reflection of you as a person. Right. It is a product of of a time in your life uh, and doesn't mean anything about you or your value or your desirability. Yeah. And let me turn it away from anonymous for a second to mm-hmm. do like a little community accountability thing. Yeah. And I need this too, mm-hmm. because sometimes I can feel insecure about my partners or past partners or whatever, their sex life. And, and, and for some reason it's like, Oh, somehow it feels like an affront to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I take, I have been guilty in the past of taking my partner's past sex life mm-hmm. as some style, somehow an insult to me, right? <laughs> what the fuck am I thinking there? Like, yeah. that doesn't uh-huh. make any sense. So this is a community accountability moment, which is that the people that you might fall in love with might have had sex with one person. They might have had sex with 100 people. Mm-hmm. They might have had sex with four people. They might have had sex with 50 people. Mm-hmm. The, the sexual experience that they have had with other people that aren't you has no impact on their ability to love you well. Yeah. Yep. It has no impact on their worthiness of your love and yep. respect. Yeah. All people are worthy of love and respect no matter what they choose to do with partners in their spare time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have told myself accountable to that because it's like I ha- I I once dated somebody who was um let's say promis- promiscuous right sure. yep um or let's take away that word because it has negative connotations and just say who had way more partners than I did mm-hmm. um and I and my number is not small <laughs> <laughs> it being being transparent right um I and I struggled with it because and and a hurt part of me took it as an affront of like. I don't know what that he didn't desire me when we weren't together. Yeah. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? It was me feeling insecure. Yep. It really was. Yep. Yeah. When I dated someone who had a significantly larger number of partners than I did, felt the same, like the same exact way. Isn't it funny? Yeah. And I'm and it's, I'm not even like proud to admit this. I'm just trying to like be accountable. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense, Sierra. <laughs> What you know? What didn't affect? Like you know what affected his ability to love me? The fact that he cheated on me all the time, <laughs> right? And that he lied to my face. Yep. Do you know what didn't affect his ability to love me? The people he slept with before he ever met me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. End rant. <laughs> Great. <laughs> anyway, anonymous. Uh, we just want you to know that the threats against you are just such an affront to us but further furthermore that you have nothing to be ashamed of you're not dirty you're not broken you are a whole per- person even a- 
as you grow, even as you decide from past experience what you want to experience moving forward. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to 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 grow and be different and to and to make mistakes and to have sex and to to be a human being moving around in this world. Absolutely. You're allowed to do that. Yep. And I think your experience is a lot more common than you think. We just don't historically talk about things like um, sexual partners or um, STIs because we've been shamed to not talk about them. Absolutely. And and the worst things grow in shame, you know. Yep. Um, but moving forward, how to, how to open yourself up One, you recognize that the person who threatened to tell people about your personal business is the broken one, not you. You're not broken for having a life experience that you didn't ask for. Yeah, for sure, right? That person who threatened to use that against them, they're broken. They're hurting. They are hurting. Yep. Yeah, maybe I should say that, not brokenness, (laughs) but... Um, they're hurting and they're lashing out, but that's but their lashing out does not have to do with your life experience. Yep. Right. Um, and so moving forward, internalize that and recognize that there are good people out there who don't ugh, who who don't act out in such a violent way like that. Absolutely. And I think um, we want you also to to forgive yourself, right? Yes. Um, we think that you have the capacity to do it. We think that um, you you are going to be able to do it, right? And I think um, if you aren't already in therapy, finding a really good therapist to help you talk through uh, some of the things that, um, that you've been through and some of the things that have happened to you uh, might be really helpful in... in um, in releasing you from the shame that you feel yes. and being able to sit with someone and talk through the experiences that have led you to where you are will uh, take them out of the darkness, which is where shame loves to grow and puts them into the light where where shame has a hard time showing up. Yeah, right. Totally. And being able to talk about the experiences that that you feel are making you somehow unclean. Right. Being able to have that conversation and say, this is all of that and have someone look at it and be like. Uh huh. Yep. Cool. That's a thing. Yeah. Right. And not be like shame on you. Shame on you can can really help. So I would, if you're not in therapy already, I would love to see you. Um, yeah. Find someone that can can really help you work through this and get to a point where, even if that man threatens to tell all of your friends and family that you have an STI, it won't affect you because yes, you won't internalize it because. Either they already know or you will know that having an STI is not a reflection of you as a person and whether or not you are worthy of love. Exactly. Anonymous, we love you so much. Thank you so much for writing. All right. And our last letter comes from Evie Y, who's writing to us from Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, Sierra and Sam. I'm a 33-year-old dog-loving queer. Oh, so is Sierra. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Yeah, in my profile. (laughs) Literally, I'm 33. Yeah, and a dog-loving queer. That's me. That's my dating profile. (laughs) Love it. I discovered your podcast last week and binged, listened to all of the episodes in eight days. Holy shit. (laughs) That's intense. I hope you're still listening. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) 
Thank you for helping me through my heartbreak and shining a light into my life uh, when I fell into a dark place. I've been doing a lot of head and heart work since I got broken up with my by my girlfriend of short of a year. I've been through a lot of trauma as a child. Those baggage carried into all my re- romantic relationships. I've experienced a lot of shame, blame, and neglect through my childhood. I went through a physically and emotionally abusive relationship in my early 20s and experienced a lack of support from my family. They blame me for putting them through a difficult time. Needless to say, all of my romantic relationships have been dumpster fires. I started therapy soon after I started dating my ex-girlfriend. Before therapy, I didn't realize how damaged and broken I was. I went through life like the this is fine meme where the cartoon dog is sitting in a house on fire saying this is fine. (laughs) (laughs) During therapy, I discovered where all my anger is coming from, how easily triggered I am. And it's been a long working progress as I try to better myself and get out of the cycle I've been in. Because I didn't have the emotional tools, I didn't even know there were such things as emotional tools, my ex-girlfriend and I fell into a toxic codependent relationship soon after we started dating. The highs were so high and the lows were terrible. After the breakup, I fell into a dark shithole where I replayed all the shitty things I did over and over again. I hate myself. Through therapy and your wonderful podcast, I'm starting to somewhat move forward, thank you, and have been doing a lot of self-reflection. As you said in your podcast, I need to be in an uncomfortable place to have the opportunity to grow and change. (laughs) I get emotional when you guys write us such nice things. Um, The head and heart work is difficult, but it's helping. My question is, where can I find peace within myself when I was the toxic person? I know it takes two to fight. I know me and my ex both contributed to the relationship, but I also know that I'm the person you'd suggest to hashtag block, 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 block the fuck out of me. (laughs) I know if you talk to my ex, you tell her she deserved better because she does. I'm still having a hard time forgiving myself for being such a shitty, toxic person. Oh, I'm emotional. Why am I so emotional? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, uh, I think I just appreciate the honesty. Yeah, for sure. It's like really, um, getting me in the feels. Absolutely. Um, when I was triggered, the fear of abandonment for my childhood would take over. So when she'd try to leave, I'd try stepping away and taking a break when things are ex- were escalating. But I didn't always catch the escalation soon enough and the arguments would get bad. We were so deep in the shitstorm that it was too hard to break the cycle and get out of it, ultimately le- leading to our breakup. I know I've made many mistakes. I deeply regret and am ashamed of my behavior. I also know that this is the time to reflect and grow, but I still cannot forgive myself for being such a shitty person to the person I love. I find myself spiraling into a shame storm, and it takes a lot of work to just stay afloat. How do I walk out of the mindset that I am a terrible human that's done terrible things? Any suggestions or guidelines would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for the time uh, it takes to read this, and thank you for helping me and many others through a dark time. I love you guys. Sincerely, Evie. Oh, Evie, thank you for <laughs> I need writing. To take a minute yeah, <laughs> to like <laughs> fix my face. I don't know why. I think. Well, I do know why. Um, I just don't know where we read so many letters that mm-hmm. could make me cry because I'm a big crier. <laughs> um, I don't know why this one moved me so intensely so quickly. Yeah, maybe it's because I know that when we're done recording this, I have to go run eight miles, and I'm yeah. just crying about that. <laughs> Sam and I are both training for half marathons. But different ones because we're stupid. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, 
Okay, I'm better now. Um, Evie, your letter obviously really affected me. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, and I want to first say Sam and I are so proud of you. Yep. We're so proud of you for leaning into this discomfort because mm-hmm. it does not feel good to grow all the time. Yep. We think about growth and we think about self-care and we think about uh, you know, I don't know, spirituality or wellness, and we and we think of all of that with like a Zen, fucking yeah, chai like, tea latte yeah, and like bubble baths and yeah, but candles the, and shit. But in the trenches, that shit is muddy and dirty and painful yep. and full of regret and remorse. And um, Evie, if I let it, I could drown in my regrets. Mm, mm-hmm. If I let myself fall into there, I. Yep. I, we all could drown in the things we wish we didn't do. Yep. And sure. also, like, maybe because we're the same person. <laughs> we're 33-year-old <laughs> queer dog owners. Um, like, we're at the stage in our life where we have experienced a lot, right? Yep. We've dated, you know, for X amount of years. Or, you know, we're old enough to be able to reflect on our past traumas and our triggers. Like, we're old enough to, quote, know better. Yeah. Yep. Right? And I think that pressure um, of of unpacking your shit later in life um, can can lead to a lot of shame or mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I'm proud of you, and I feel kindred, and I want you to know that this discomfort doesn't go away. This dis- this discomfort doesn't get better. You get better. You get mm-hmm. more capable of leaning in, and you and you will feel less and less triggered by your own inadequacies Mm -hmm. because guess what? As humans, we're all inadequate. We are born and we will die inadequate. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) This podcast is so dark, but like, it's weird how much comfort you and I get out of like shit like that where it's like, yeah, we're always going to be inadequate. So like, isn't it just a relief to not have to worry about being adequate all the time yes. then. <laughs> we it is literally Evie, you were doing the best that you could cuz you literally did not know you were carrying around that trauma. Yep. And now you're looking at it in your body and your resp- your emotional responses and your triggers are all freaking the fuck out yep. because it realizes that they've been carrying this weight all the time. So of course you're having these reactions. Of course you're acting out out of fear and pain because you are hurting. Yep. But that hurting doesn't mean you are not growing. Right? And we're all we're so proud of you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like what what an amazing act of bravery to look at the things that you have done that you have that I'm you are. I'm gonna cry this entire letter. Are, I don't know why that you regret and feel shame about, and say like, I can't not look at these things. Like, I'm not gonna run away from these things anymore. I'm going to take a full account of them and understand. Yeah. The things that caused me to do them so that I don't do them again in the yeah. future. Like, amazing. That is that is what growth is. I think I connected why I'm getting so emotional, too. Oh, great. Love it. It's because I got so angry at the second letter. Yeah. I got so angry. And Evie, I want you to know that I forgive you for the things that you did to your ex that you're not proud of. Absolutely. Um, And I am so grateful that you're doing the work to change that behavior, to not hurt people Mm -hmm. um we're all capable of hurting people we always hurt people like that is just something we do in life but 
what that person threatened to do in the second letter, you are doing the work so that you don't do things like that. Yep. We are all, the Just Break Up family, are doing the work so that we don't continue the cycle of hurt, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that cycle is fucking hard, and it is in our DNA. Many of us were born into stuff like this, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I just, like, I'm just so moved by... How fucking hard it is to, to be better yep. sometimes. Yep. And but that we 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 put in this work so that we don't pass our trauma on. Yeah, for sure. Um and I'm just uh I'm just in my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> She's know. still crying. Y'all. I don't know why. I just like <laughs> um I I keep on saying I don't know why, because I could cry at ninety percent of the letters and for I sure. don't. Yeah. I don't I don't know what this one and I mean kindred yeah. Like maybe. Um and yeah, I think it's I think it's really moving to hear someone be so so contrite about things that they've done wrong. And so like cuz we get so many letters, we get so many letters about people doing awful things to other people to have someone write in and say, "I have done those awful things. Help me be better." Yeah, like, it's so moving and I just feel honored. Yeah. Um, so like you feel so much shame and Sierra and I are like I'm like crying <laughs> still <laughs> in so much awe of you yes trying to do it like and just it's affirming to think like oh that awful dude that did that that, that threatened, threatened. Uh, anonymous with outing her status as someone who has an STI like has the capacity could be able. Yes. To be better. like, And my accountability moment is like, I feel remorseful for being so angry at that person yep. because I want to believe that they can lean into the discomfort like this. For sure. Yep. Yeah. And proves that. And it also, it proves like to me, like all of the awful things that I've done that I feel regret about, I can also yes. look at, pull into the light, say, I don't want to do this again. How do I, how do I equip myself with the tools and resources I need to not act out of hurt and hurt others again? Yeah. Um, Evie, I want to, I want to answer your question, how to find peace when you were the toxic person last. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to, before that, I want to, you, you, you say something really profound that I love that I've read in like just a couple other letters, which is if my ex wrote in to you, to you, (laughs) I'd be the black, black, black person or like, we've gotten a couple letters of similar accountability and, and you write, um, you would tell my ex that she deserves better. Mm-hmm. Because she does. And I want you to I want you to know, Evie, that that is true. It, yep, for sure. That is true. Your ex does deserve better. So do you. Right. You don't deserve a relationship to be in a relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and with someone else in which you um, act in ways that you're not proud of, that yep. you are treated in ways that don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And one, a big piece of my growth over the past couple of years um, has been acknowledging that it's okay to not be enough or to be wrong or yeah. to or to make a mistake. Yep. Um, and to and more importantly, that it's okay to be not enough or to be wrong for someone else. Mm-hmm. Like that, that we really obsess over being right for everyone. Um, that there is ultimately, at the end of the day, nothing wrong with the fact that your ex did deserve better. Right. I'm not sure if that's making sense. Like holistically, that that yep. you're right. She did deserve better. Absolutely. 
period. And, and, and that okay. is okay. Yep. It is okay. Yep. It is okay that you could have done better mm-hmm. and didn't. Yep. It is okay that you, that we would tell your ex to block you. Yep. It is okay to um, that people have to put up boundaries against people like Sam and I, right? Like yep. there, there, there are people out there in the world that don't want to engage or talk to me and Sam. Mm-hmm. We don't know who they are because they're black buff blocking very successfully. <laughs> but like we know that we have not moved through this world perfectly as as has all of our human neighbors, right? We have not, none of us have moved through this world perfectly. None of us are capable of not hurting or disappointing other people. For sure. And so it is okay, in essence, for people to to deserve better than what we've been able to give them. Mm -hmm. That's the, one of the things I want to tackle. For sure. Um, (sighs) But about finding peace. Mm -hmm. Um, Therapy. Yep. Accountability. Yeah. And forgiveness. Yep. And those last two have to go hand in hand. You have to say, I know I fucked up, but I'm forgiven. I forgive myself for fucking up. Yep. And I know that that is way, way harder than it sounds, but it also does just start by saying it. I want you to say it out loud to yourself. Yeah. I forgive myself for fucking up. Absolutely. Evie, you were doing the best that you could with the resources that you had available to you at that time. And it sucks that your best was shit. (laughs) Like it really does suck. And, but you also have endless capacity to grow, to do better, to better reflect externally what your values are internally yes and to react and respond to things out of abundance as opposed to out of pain yes right you have endless capacity to do that and the fact that your best at that moment wasn't very good is not a reflection of you it is not a reflection of of your value as a person it is a reflection of the trauma the experiences the capabilities that you had in that moment and you have an endless capacity to build more capabilities to better reflect who you are and who you want to be. Yes, I totally agree. Um, yeah. The next time you feel that that shame storm coming and or, and you're spiraling out of control, you just have to say to yourself, with love and kindness, the love and kindness that you think your ex deserves, mm-hmm. that you would give to a family member or a stranger or a future partner, you have to say, I was doing the best that I could. I love and forgive myself. I am working to be better, um, but I'm worthy of love and right now as is, mm-hmm. and I'm whole even as I grow. Absolutely. Evie, we love you so much. Thank you so much for writing. Please... Uh, let us know how you listen to that much podcast in such a short amount of time. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and um, just if you're the dog in the meme that's on fire, you're the dog now with a, an abundant amount of water. Absolutely. And the water is self-love. I had to say that. I'm sorry. It's cliche, cliche as fuck. <laughs> yeah. And the water is self-love. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Love it. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. All right. That wraps up episode 63. And it brings us to our blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we want to shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with... The Lifetime Movie Club. Oh, my God. Yes. So I love (laughs) Lifetime movies. I don't know if you know this about me. (laughs) Sierra's going to kill me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) 
Um, I'm just going to laugh at you yeah, for the next so two I, months. I love Lifetime movies because they are just like... So realistic. So realistic. <laughs> they are really true to life. Uh, they... No. Uh, I love them because they are like escapist like fantasy at their best. Yeah, and they're like a genre of their own. For sure. And like everything is like... I love the way that Lifetime movies like are so boring for like... 60 minutes and then in the last 25 minutes like everything happens and it's like how did we even get here like i i love them so uh i for christmas last year peter got me a year subscription to the lifetime movie club oh my god he's such a good husband i know uh which i think is like three dollars a month or something and you get access to like a bunch of all of, of lifetime movies um but my favorite thing is that there's like a bunch of old ones on there which are my favorite because they're like it's before they realized how ridiculous they are uh, and so there's like a bunch of really old ones starring like Tori Spelling and yeah. like Shannon Doherty on them. Uh, and so like I uh, have been like just chilling out at my house, like because like everything is so stressful and like yeah. we moved and like all of the shit has been happening. Uh, so I've just been like rewarding myself with like Lifetime movies, which is the perfect amount of brainless that yeah. I need in when like things are really stressful. So totally. uh, Lifetime movie app, check it out. I think it's like three bucks a month and you can get access to like hundreds and hundreds of Lifetime movies. I love that. Good. Who needs Netflix when you can watch a cheaper, worse version? <laughs> <laughs> you should write their marketing materials. That was exactly what <laughs> I said, basically. <laughs> I know exactly uh, what you mean, though, but, like, you need entertaining but brainless enough. Yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, I was struggling for a while because I was, like, trying all these Netflix shows that were, like, either so dark or oh, just, like, Oh, my God. Recently, and, like, especially after our fucking crazy year, like, I don't need more trauma on TV. No. So I, like, tried watching The Umbrella Academy, which is, like, the one about, like, the superhero siblings. Yeah. And it was so fucking dark. And I was, like, yeah. I just need something that doesn't hurt to watch yes, <laughs> like there's totally. enough shit going on in my life i just want to watch someone else's life unravel and be put back together <laughs> in 90 minutes <laughs> beautiful love that i love it the end of lifetime movies when like everything has gone horribly and they've experienced like so much trauma like like a stalker has like broken into their house and like killed their pets and then like their loved one and then at the end they're just like walking through like a, a sunlit field being yeah. like ah i'm so glad that's done now <laughs> yeah totally yeah it's very realistic about how people go with drama <laughs> anyway lifetime movie club <laughs> we're not guilty of escapism at all <laughs> no not at all all right all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us at $5 a month on Patreon, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's $5 a month for an additional weekly episode. Patreon.com slash Just Break Up Pod. This helps us keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you are worthy of forgiveness. You can make a choice to be engaged with the present instead of the past. You can learn to tolerate and accept past mistakes and move forward. You deserve this movement. You can make a choice right now to let go. 
not of the responsibility, but of the baggage of guilt and shame. You determine if there's an action that would be healing, but most importantly, you deserve right now to forgive yourself. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs> 